listeners, this is PSG Talk contributor Mark Damon, and this is a PSG Small Talk for uh, Wednesday, April 3rd, 2019. On today's show, we will quickly go over the last two PSG fixtures coming out of the international break, and a few uh, few transfer deals that just kind of came across the wire. Um... Let's start with the games first. Um, on Sunday afternoon, PSG visited Toulouse in a, I think it was a 1-0, uh, very toulouse kind of game. Very physical. Um, PSG had a tough time breaking through. And right now, they're clearly shorthanded, as we'll sort of talk about here. They were... I think 14 players deep in the squad, which is not particularly acceptable, but a lot of injuries happening around this club over the over the course of the year. And right now they're at a point where they don't have any major like Champions League fixtures coming up, so it's not imperative to get any of these people back anytime before they're ready. So Tomas Tuchel is making it work with what he has. And Mbappe got the goal that PSG needed from just outside the penalty box. And they were able to hold on the rest of the way. And today, in the Coupe de France semi-final against FC Nantes, PSG won the game 3-0. The scoreline was a little deceiving in that PSG kind of not went through the motions, but they were... They were um, they were very patient in that first half. They didn't take a lot of shots on goal. Um, they were able to score on a Marco Verratti outside the penalty box uh, goal, which rarely happens because, quite frankly, he rarely shoots. And if he could, he again, he doesn't have to shoot a lot. That's not his game. But if he was at least a mild threat to score. I think it would make him a lot better than he is because like Luka Modric, a midfielder like Luka Modric, uh, what makes him, I think, sort of more, I wouldn't say particularly that much better, but a little bit better and more dangerous is that he can score from the outside. Not only can he control midfield play, but he, if you get close enough, he can take that shot and keep the goalkeeper honest. If Marco Verratti doesn't, and he doesn't have to do it all the time, he just has to shoot enough where it forces the other team to think about it when he has the ball, as opposed to sort of packing in the in the penalty box to try to take away the attack players. If he can get that shot off and put it on target, that's going to be really, really uh, a nice little addition for PSG. Um, they got 1-0 into a very weird second half. Uh, a VAR-assisted uh, penalty was awarded to PSG. Mbappe scores. The referee takes it back because I believe Tilo Kerr was over the line before the shot. So he tries it again. Instead of going left, he goes right. And Tachirasanu saves it, which made this game a little bit more interesting in the second half. Although non-striker uh, Koulibaly... Uh, one another Koulibaly. Um, I don't think they're related, but a former PSG Youth Academy graduate, by the way, Khalid Koulibaly. Now that I'm remembering his name, um, he picked up two yellows in the second half, and he was sent off. That 
pretty much ended non-opportunity. Killian scored off of another penalty, and then Danny Alves added a little chip goal in stoppage time to add the cherry on top. So PSG will be going to their 17th straight, well, 17th Coupe de France, 5th Coupe de France final in a row, 17 Coupe de France finals. They've won 12. They're going for number 13. Again, I'm kind of stumbling here because there's just not all that much to say. Like, these games are shorthanded. They're not PSG at full strength. They're not PSG at their best. And they're showing the marks of a good team in that they're not uh, drawing these games. They're not losing these games. They're winning these games, and that, to me, is a symbol of a team that is at least focused enough to go through the home stretch and not sort of turn off completely. You're getting really good performances by Juan Bernat, who I think was man of the match today, because he just, he's versatile right now. Like, he's playing a little bit inside, because Kurzawa's kind of gone back to being the left back. And Juan Bernat's kind of playing in a midfield role. He's sort of pinching in, sort of Pep Guardiola fullback style. And he's doing a good job. And I think he's a player that PSG are going to keep. And when it comes to Levin Kurzawa, I think that's another player that right now is showing progress to a point where you have to think about with all the other positions on the field that you have to fix, keeping Levin Kurzawa another year and pairing him with Juan Bernat, and that's your left-back situation. I think they can make that work. I think that midfield-wise, Leandro Paredes is still figuring out exactly how to play in this league because it's a very different league from even the Serie A or the Russian league or where he played in Argentina. French French football is very different. And I, I'm i going to sort of spin this into how these two games were sort of officiated and how physical they were. It's unlike any of the other four leagues in that the other four leagues have seemingly... Uh, legislated physicality out of the game as much as they can. You see it in England right now too. England is be- the English league is becoming more like the Spanish league than it ever has been. And right now, for those people who watch the NBA or have watched the NBA for a lot of years, if you remember what the NBA looked like in the 80s and the 90s. It was a much more physical, grinded out, low scoring, low post kind of game. And now it's a game where you've got teams taking 83, you know, 53 pointers a game, which was just unheard of 30 years ago. And to correlate this back to football, La Liga is the best league in the world when it comes to talent, but it also has that openness that allows teams like Barcelona and Real Madrid to score a lot of goals 
And even in the past, they would score way more goals because these teams would play these open games, but they wouldn't have the talent to back them up. Now there's a little more talent in that league, and the games are better because the games are more open. They're more offensive-oriented. Premier League is the same thing. You've got the Watfords and Crystal Palaces and Everton scoring two, three goals a game. That wasn't happening 20 years ago. And you go and watch League Gun, and it's still the 1990s. It's still this big, physical, you know, hoof it to the striker. Some teams try to play, uh, some teams try to play real football. Lille is trying to play real football, and they're doing a great job of it. Um, Ren are trying to play real football. Um, Dijon try to play real football. There are teams that in this league attempt, Strasbourg even attempts to play real football at times. But then there's teams like Nantes and Toulouse and Caen and the um, teams from Corsica when they were in Ligue 1 that just play this unappealing overly physical pack in the middle of the you know park the bus for lack of a better term and it it's it's a different league than the rest of the top uh european clubs have to play in because let's be clear these top european teams are playing in leagues where it is legislated for them where they are not taking heavy fouls. They are not taking nicks to the to the legs all the time. And in the French League, it seems like they want to officiate it like it's 1994. And the star players that PSG have are getting nicked a lot. They're getting muscle injuries. They're getting, um, they're getting nicks to the bone. They're getting ankle injuries. A lot of, a lot of lower leg injuries. Some of that is conditioning, and some of that is because the uh, PSG training staff is not the best, and there's uh, time and place to get to that and talk about it, because it probably really does need to be dealt with. But also, it's the physicality of Lee Gunn, and I'm going to say this, and I hope I uh, I don't get struck by lightning, but if Messi played in Lee Gunn for the last... 12, 15 years of his career instead of La Liga, I don't think he scores as many goals. That's not to say that he's not good. Obviously not to, you know, that's obviously not saying that he isn't one of the best players ever, but the league is just different enough and more physical where he couldn't get away with the way he plays. I mean, just look at Neymar. Just look at the way Neymar is fouled in Ligue 1. Now imagine that with Lionel Messi. He'd be fouled the same way. And instead of consistently getting free kicks, which is what Messi does, he'd be getting fouled and there would not be calls. So my point is, people talk about Ligue 1 being easy. And maybe to an extent it's easier to win matches in Ligue 1. But the style of play and the physicality is harder. If you're a player at PSG, you are taking more physical hits than if you were playing in England or playing in Spain. 
It doesn't mean that the competition is better. It just means that the league is different and more physical. And in these two games, you saw PSG have to drag through these ultra-physical, big, strong teams that weren't really trying to get forward, that weren't really trying to link passes together, who weren't really trying to play the way PSG like to play, they're playing the way that league gun teams tend to play, which is rather compact, rather... Um, well, let me rephrase that. The way league gun teams play against PSG. When the minnows play the minnows, they, they, they can go about as open as you'd like. They don't have the quality and the finishing product to make it count, but they'll they'll from box to box it'll look pretty good. Now, let's look ahead to the next couple of weeks because on on Sunday I will not be covering the team because I will be in MetLife Stadium uh, for WrestleMania 35. So I've talked to Eduardo Razo, uh, one of our contributors, about doing the show himself. And if he does it, and I think he will, it should be pretty fun. So stay tuned for that. PSG will win the league, and he'll have really something to talk about. If they win against um, Strasbourg at home, and earlier in the day, Lille either lose or draw. So that's what we're looking for. And now let's go through the schedule for the rest of April so you know what PSG is doing uh, for the next couple of weeks. So we have that PSG Spasbourg game on Sunday the 7th. They will travel to second place Lille on Sunday the 14th. Then they will play FC Nantes in a makeup game from earlier in the year on Wednesday the 17th. They will play Monaco at the Parc des Princes the weekend of... Actually, they'll play them on uh, April 21st. Then Montpellier on April 28th, which is going to be postponed, I believe, because PSG have to play the Coupe de France final uh, the day before. I want to check that just to make sure. Um, because I think it's August, I think it's April 27th is the Coupe de France final. So I just want to make sure, um, that's that right date. So they will be playing the Coupe de France final on the 27th of April. So that Montpellier game will probably be moved. So that will probably be moved into May at some point, And then they'll round out the year with about four to five games of pretty much pretty honestly at that point we're pretty much doing i would say after the coupe de france final we're pretty much doing uh pre-season for the 2019-2020 season so i and i really may actually two shell may actually treat that like preseason. i wouldn't be surprised if you see a couple of uh, academy players coming up because once you win the Coupe de France, once you win the league, at that point, there's no reason, you know, Neymar will play because he needs to get his fitness back. But at that point, it's pretty much, you pretty much should shut it down. All right, so a couple little transfer news things came up. Um, 
Manchester United's Ander Herrera, who is out of contract in June, according to plenty of reports, it's not just one or two, it's a lot of reports coming out of England, that he will sign for free in July with PSG. And I said on Twitter, I think this is a really smart signing. It's not that Ander Herrera is going to solve all their midfield issues. It's that he adds depth and he adds a quality, strong midfield player to a roster that desperately needs one. And it doesn't cost you an arm and a leg. And because they were able to give him good wages to come, which is apparently why he's decided to come, also because it's a good team to play for, he will he will slot in there. He will replace Adrian Rabio. It'll basically be a free going out and a free coming in. And it'll open up PSG to be able to sign other players. Because if they didn't get her, if they don't, then they still may not. But if they don't get Herrera, they will have to buy two midfielders. And that'll get them, that will limit them in their ability to buy and uh, replenish other aspects of the team. By signing a midfielder on a free, you then only have to get one, you only have to spend money on one midfielder and use the other money you would have spent on the second midfielder to get a, you know, to get another quality player. Herrera works hard. The United fans like him. It'd be a good signing. I'm all for it. And apparently, there's being reports that Adrian Rabio is going to sign an agreement. I can't even say this with a straight face. But Adrian Rabio is going to sign an agreement with Real Madrid. That just doesn't seem like it makes any sense to me. Like, really? This guy who's just not a Real Madrid player. Like, and it's not that he, he, he you know what it is. He's not good enough for Real Madrid. They'll, those fans will eat him alive. He thinks, like, Paris Saint-Germain was a, was a stressful work environment. Imagine going there and just trying to deal with that atmosphere with the kind of uh the 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 attitude that he has and the sensitivity that he has that just seems like it's a disaster in the making and I can't wait to see how disastrous it truly is if it indeed happens so um not much else to talk about today uh, Marquinhos got injured hopefully not too serious I mean at this point in the year if he needs a two, three weeks off, give him two, three weeks off. Get him ready for the Coupe de France final. Um, all right. So you can follow PSG Talk on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Subscribe to our podcast, PSG Talking and PSG Small Talk. Uh, visit our website, psgtalk.com, and visit our Patreon page and consider contributing. We are still selling Farmers League t-shirts for those of you who are interested. Just sign up for our Patreon and you can buy one. So, um, for PSG Talk, this has been Mark Damon saying au revoir for now.